0: Well, good morning once again. As we head into 2024, I hope you ate enough pork and sauerkraut to satisfy you the rest of the year because it's pretty rare we get to eat that multiple times in a year. Um, unless you're German, which I'm a little German, but not that much German. Uh, but we're starting off 2024 with a new sermon series called That's Good News. And in our small groups this month, uh, we are going to be utilizing Shane Bishop's uh, book. Now, I've already heard complaints. It's not my fault that this is the graphic for the book. Like, it looks like this, but then you have to read the book this way. I know it's not upright, but it's, I, I promise you, we can, we can get through it all. Uh, we're going to use this book as a guide over the next few weeks to help us do something. Share good news. It's, it's that simple. <laughs> In our culture, though, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to realize that bad news is always knocking on our door, isn't it? Whether that's in our daily news feeds, social media, we are just littered in life with bad news. As the phrase goes, if it bleeds, it reads, right? But being that the sermon series is called That's Good News, I'm going to take an opportunity each and every week throughout our sermon series to share with you a bit of good news. For instance, two of the saddest teams in NFL history— the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions, they are both going to the playoffs next week. woo uh, I'm pretty excited because usually this week means nothing for the Browns, and it does. It means nothing this year, but for good reasons. Uh, both teams haven't been in the playoffs together all the way back since 1994, now, I was six years old at that time. Some of you out there weren't even born. Some of you were in your prime years, except for Dan. Dan's always been old, so that's a, sorry, buddy, you're always been old to me. Uh, but can I share something with you? <laughs> sorry, Dan, easy pickings. Uh, it may seem obvious, but it's also true. And the reason why I want to start off each week with doing something with, like this with the sermon series is it feels good to share good news. Seems obvious, but it's true. It feels good to share good news. You know what I mean, right? When we get good news, like the Browns are actually good for once, (laughs) or maybe we're getting married, or maybe we're getting that big promotion at work, maybe we finally got that house, we are bound to share it, aren't we? When we get good news, we share it. I get it. Some of you could care less about football, but maybe at this time of year, you understand that level of excitement That you have when you have good news. As the song goes, you know, I'm so excited and I just can't hide it, right? (laughs) For instance, maybe you're a kid who just went back to school this past week and you were excited to go back to school. Oh, sorry, no. Uh, Maybe you were excited to go back to school though to share one of those special Christmas gifts that you got over break. For instance, maybe it was a CJ Stroud Ohio State jersey. Unrelated. I had to tell my son, Andrew, to put a certain jersey in the wash after wearing it for three consecutive days with no end coming in sight. Uh, But I digress. Uh, Maybe, though, you're excited to go back to work like I was this past week so you could break in those new shoes and that new shirt that you wanted to wear on Sunday mornings. Uh, Whatever the reason, when you have good news or a good gift, or maybe it's a good bite to eat or a good place to shop, a good movie that you just watched, or a television show, a good whatever. We just can't wait to share it with people. We love sharing good news with people. It's only natural. In fact, it's been studied by psychologists for years who have published scientific article after scientific article detailing a simple fact, a simple thing. The more you share good news or happiness with people, the happier and more satisfied you are in life. Think about it. It's only natural to want to share good news when you get it with others. It makes us makes us feel good. Uh, well, while I was preparing for this new sermon series on good news, I was curious. What makes you excited to share your faith? Let me let me ask it again. What are the things that make you excited to share your faith? Perhaps that. Uh, this special time of year at the beginning of 2024, maybe you're doing something new in your faith, a new year's resolution. Maybe you're you're planning to read the scriptures a little bit more this year, or maybe get involved in a Bible study, or maybe it's to pray more. Whatever the reason, whatever those laudable goals and resolutions may be for your new year, it's January 7th, and you're probably still on track for the year, and you're awfully excited to share it with other people because you're on track, but... Let's get real, not every week is going to be as easy as the first week of starting something new. If you've already fallen off the wagon, uh, maybe you'll just keep that resolution to yourself and not share it with as many people. But let me ask you again, what makes you excited to share your faith? Are you excited at all about your faith? Are you excited about Jesus Christ? Here's a cold hard fact this morning, friends, it is something that we should be excited about. It is, after all, there is no better news than the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And look, we just got down from the highest holy day of the year. It's funny, but Christmas is kind of the apex for a lot of Christians. It is a time where the whole world just stops and pauses to celebrate a baby boy who was born on around maybe not so close to December twenty fifth, but that's when we celebrate it. But here's the reality. In addition to the birth of Jesus that we celebrate, we also are supposed to celebrate his life, believe it or not, his death, and his resurrection. These are all the things that make up the good news that we are to share that is the good news. But how often? How often do we really get excited about the good news? (laughs) How often do we get really excited about being Christians uh, does it make us wear our proverbial Jesus Christ jersey as we go shopping on a Sunday morning at the grocery store? <laughs> does it make us proud enough to hang or to plant a Church of the Lakes yard sign in our front yards? Uh, are you excited enough to share with your, the strangers in your community, maybe your coworkers, maybe your classmates, family, and friends? Are you actually excited to share your faith? Look, I live in the real world. I do. We do not get so excited to share our faith with people all the time. But you know, in the year 2024, being that we've just turned over our calendars, at Church of Lakes, we're going to spend a lot of time this year going over how we can get excited about sharing our faith. Part of that is going to be debunking the myth of evangelism. Ugh! That's a scary word. Did he just say evangelism? Oh, evangelism, that's terrible. Because it gives us imagery of preachers on street corners on soapboxes with bullhorns. But but here's the thing. Evangelism isn't shouting about repentance on a busy street corner or you're going to hell. (laughs) It's not putting up billboards like this one that follows between Columbus and Cincinnati. Oh, and I don't think you'll go by this one. I think it's on 71, but right down there, on the way to Cincinnati, you see a sign that says, hell is real. And while that's true, it's obviously not the best way to evangelize to people. Or maybe you're more familiar with the Belden Village sign that got painted over finally in the last decade, declaring that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Friends, that's not effective evangelism, no. (laughs) I'm going to sound like a broken record this year. Evangelism isn't what you think it is. It's not as big and scary as you think it is. Evangelism is simple. It's simply just sharing good news with others, which should naturally make you feel good because good news, sharing it with others, makes you feel good. Let me ask you again. What makes you excited to share your faith? Look, at uh, as the church, our job is to spread the good news to as many people as we can. Of course, we're not to bludgeon them to death with it. We're not to stand on the street corner and shout. I mean, you can do that. I'd stand there with you. I'm not sure that I would be the one doing it, though. Uh, There are other ways to win people for Christ. And that includes loving on people. Because here's Shane Bishop in our book that you'll detail in some of the small groups who go through. He details spreading the gospel in a simple form. It's number one, invite people to church. Two, treat them with love and respect. And three, tell them about Jesus. And then the amazing thing happens. When you do all those three steps, the cycle, it starts over again. Because these people then will invite people to church. Then they will start treating other people with love and respect. And then they will tell other people about Jesus. It goes on and on and on. We see the Holy Spirit and the power of God work in that way. And Paul alludes to it in 1 Corinthians. Our scripture reading for this morning, if you'll read along with me, comes out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 1 through verse 8. Will you read along with me? Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved. If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, it's Matthew, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Will you pray along with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be found holy and acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, the good news of Jesus Christ can be summarized in one Greek phrase. You probably already know it. It's the gospel. The gospel literally translated means the good news. The the gospel message can be found, of course, in The Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, this message, the Gospel good news message, details the birth, the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's all the the intro level class 101 stuff. What you need to remember, though, that this story is good news for Christians. Christians like Paul... And it's really the premier example of why we should be excited about our faith. Hear me, we should be excited about our faith no matter what. We should be. What do I mean? Well, whether it's a good day or a bad day. Whether it's cold outside, and it's awfully cold out there this morning, or hot. (laughs) Whether your life is in shambles or it's put perfectly into place. This good news of Jesus, it is always good news no matter what. Paul alluded to it kind of at the end of our scripture reading in verse 8. He said, and to me, it's kind of messy. Jesus appeared to me. Paul's life was messy, friends. (laughs) Paul's life was downright dirty. Paul killed Christians. He killed people against Jesus Christ. And yet, he heard the good news from Jesus directly. And his message sure changed, didn't it? It naturally, he wanted to share this good news. Once he heard it from Jesus firsthand, he went out and shared it. And if you're like me, he shared it with this urgency. Urgently sharing the good news. Let me give you another, for instance, a, an illustration. Have you ever heard of Pheidippides? Ever hear that name or recognize that, that Greek name before? As legend goes, Pheidippides in 290 B.C., so before Christ, in the city of Marathon, Greece, he was a witness to a surprise attack from the Persians. As the Grecian army battled the Persians, it was necessary to inform the masses. It wasn't like they had mass emails or text messages or the warning signals back 290 B.C., It was vital to get this message out that the Persians were attacking because the army would become depleted of resources without this messaging. So, Pheidippides was a professional courier of the news in ancient times. He was literally paid to escort important message from one place to another as quickly as possible, regardless of distance, regardless of obstacle. And so, during the battle, he was dispatched urgently with the news of the attack. And he departed from the city of Marathon to the city of Athens, which is roughly 26.2 miles away, hence the distance and name of the modern Marathon. Now, to show you how much of a loser I am, Pheidippides was paid to run that distance. Now I pay to run that distance, uh, which is kind of cruel to do if you think about it. But he had important news to share, and he did it urgently regardless of the distance or the obstacles. Once again, I'll ask you, how excited are you to share the good news? Because Paul, he excitedly shares this good news as a passion of his. We see our New Testament littered with letters from Paul to places that he helped spread the good news. Paul writes, he says, For I handed on to you as of first importance what I turn had received, that Christ died for our sins. What Paul is saying here, and I don't know if you picked up on it, but he says first importance. Mind you, there are other things in life that are important to Paul. I think you would all agree that there's lots of important things in your life and in my life, but what is of first importance? Paul says it is Jesus Christ. It is the most important thing. It is this good news that Christ died for our sins. Please know how special this was for Paul. He would go distance, incredible distances, spreading the gospel message. It was his one agenda. It was his priority. It was his authority. It was his blueprint for action to spread the good news to as many people as he could, regardless if he was going to get arrested or assaulted or killed all of which he checked those boxes along the path of life. All because Paul realized how good and important this message is. Now, just a bit of background. Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians to the church in Corinth. Okay, Now, the church in Corinth, we can draw a lot of parallels to that and maybe our church and maybe the whole entire culture in general because, friends... Corinth, the church there, was a hot, stinking mess. <laughs> Division ran supreme in that church. Political dysfunction. Families at odds. There were ethnic turmoil. Personal vendettas, vendettas were on full display. Doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> it's awfully, it's, uh, we're going into an election year. I don't know if you know that, but I've been bracing for it for three years, and all of a sudden it's here. It's like turning over a new leaf, right? We're going to have a healthy election this year. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, right. Paul pleads. He pleads. He says, can we get one thing straight? What is of first importance? It is Jesus Christ. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can, like, I have a big imagination. Um, Stephanie and I have been re-watching one of my favorite television shows, which is Scrubs. And Scrubs, he goes off into la-la land all the time. And I did that this week when I was reading through the scriptures. I, I was, like, thinking, how was Paul? How would Paul say it today? Paul would probably be picking up the phone, talking to the church in Corinth, or sending an email saying, remember, remember, you can't let all the messiness of life get in the way of the importance of Jesus Christ. Uh, he's died for our sins, don't forget that, right? This message is too important to let culture or nationalism or bigotry or racism get in the way. It's time to move on to something that is more important. You see, Paul realized that the only life worth living was a life centered around Jesus Christ. It is the only firm foundation. In fact, Paul writes about it a little bit earlier to the church in chapter 3. He says, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, but someone else is building upon it. Who is that someone else that is building upon the foundation? It is Jesus Christ. That is who Paul is talking about. Because friends, hear me, there is only one master builder and master carpenter, and it is Jesus Christ. Nothing else can be built up on this life that lasts eternally other than if it's built by Jesus Christ. Think about that. There is no life that can live eternally without Jesus Christ. There is no religion, no church. Nothing can be built forever unless it is built by Jesus. Now, Does that mean we're going to go out the back of the doors here in about 20 minutes and we're going to all hold hands and sing kumbaya with every Christian we see? No, that's not a reality. But that's our problem, friends. That's not Jesus' problem. That's ours. Do you realize how good the good news is? It should be good enough to leave the messiness behind. Let me ask you again. How excited are you to share the good news? (laughs) Because if you were truly excited, friends, It is the most important good news you're ever going to conceive, believe, receive in life. You would be on fire for it if you were this excited. You'd be on fire that you'd run through that brick wall out into the parking lot. Now, I would aim for the door section. That might hurt a little less. But why? Why? Why should we be so excited? Why do we know that being excited for our faith is of utmost importance? Because life is meaningless without it, friends. If, if you're looking for happiness in this world, you're never going to find it. If you're looking for success in the world, you're never going to find it. <laughs> if you're looking for comfort or health or goodness, I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but you're not going to find it in this world. There's only one place and one person that brings meaning to life, and it's Jesus Christ. Isn't that worth getting excited about? <laughs> Because Jesus, this important good news that transforms us from the messiness to something clean and whole and new. The world is slowly being transformed from the messiness, and boy is it messy. I think we can agree how messy the world is, into something brand new. And the hard thing is, is we see our world in 2024, just in this one week. We see war, we see natural disaster, death, destruction, politics, that's just in one week it's not going to end. We have to do something about it. And I think what we have to do is share the good news. Now, look, this is a preacher telling you that. <laughs> I get it. That's going to cause eye rolls. No one gets excited to hear a preacher say the same thing over and over again, that we're supposed to go out there and share the good news. But friends, I want to implore you. In 2024, we are doing something really cool. We are going to share the good news, but in ways that we've done it in the past. For instance, I'm proud to say in 2024 that we're gonna have the gospel message bind together some of the ministries of our church. In 2024, Church of Lakes is building a Habitat for Humanity house with the Burgess family on the west side of Maslin. Actually, I discovered at the end of December, it's going to be on Tremont Avenue. I drive by this property lot every day on my way home from work. I am going to excitedly stop every single day from work and take a picture. Just to show the progress of the house. And I can't wait to see the excited hands that will help put this house together. And why are they excited? Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's why they're excited. In 2024, we're going to do Royal Family Kids Camp, yet another year where we're going to provide a summer camp for kids who are marginalized in the foster care system. Even though it's hot and exhausting and hot and buggy and hot, volunteers always come back from that week, and they say, this is the hardest week I ever had, but I loved every second of it. Why, Why do they volunteer their time and energy it's because of the gospel. In 2024, we're going to have people that travel across the Atlantic Ocean to go to a community and donate time and money and personal resources all to impart and improve infant, child, and maternal health in both Sierra Leone through Mercy Hospital. Many, many in our campus, like Abigail and Joel here in Canal Fulton, they went on that trip last time. They'll tell you firsthand the flight, uncomfortable the cuisine not great the conditions hot but they signed up to go again <laughs> why because of the gospel message friends in 2024 here in our own community of canal fulton reaching out to those with food insecurities through Saltbox. just here in february we're going to impart meals and food to people who need it why are we going to get in a hot sticky kitchen that is going to be overcramped? and be overstressed, walking up steps to hand out meals and food. Why do we do stuff like that? It's because of the gospel. Did you get a sense of my excitement of why I get excited for the gospel? Because the gospel forces you to do things, things that are uncomfortable, (laughs) things that we are called to do, to get excited about. Why are you doing Royal Family Kids Camp? Why are you taking a week of vacation, or two weeks, to go to Bo Sierra Leone? Why are you volunteering on Super Bowl Sunday (laughs) to hand out food to people? Friends, it is because the gospel message. It's never going to let you down. It's never going to disappoint. It's never going to leave you empty-handed. I get it. I get it. Churches are messy. I'm messy. I understand that there are a lot of hurdles and obstacles when it comes to wanting to excitedly share the good news, but we got a chance this year. As a church, to do something special. To share the good news that gets other people in motion. Other people making a difference. Uh, let's put down the messiness this year and focus on what binds us together. And that's a love of Jesus Christ. that love that doesn't forget sins, but forgives sins. Love that spreads hands out wide on a cross. Love that makes us excited to proclaim being Christians when it's awfully unpopular to be a Christian. Can you do that with me? Can you get a little excited for what we're going to be doing this year? Because we can either allow the mess to get in the way, or we can go spread the gospel message. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, well, Heavenly Father, we love having an opportunity just to partake in an opportunity of communion this, this morning. But we know that we partake in communion because we are to spread the good news. The good news that your son, Jesus Christ, came and died for us while we were yet sinners. Lord, there is hope and there is news and we are importantly going to share it to everyone that we meet. Lord, we love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.